we're good. All right, guys, welcome back to another Reliance Real Estate Team podcast, <laughs> Reliance Real Estate Radio. We have Scott Kloss here for an interview on the pivot shift in the market, real estate market. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. You want to say hi, Scott? Hi, Scott. Oh, man, not that close, but yeah, you're doing okay. He's bringing jokes out yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the main reason why we're doing this today is because... Um, the real estate market has kind of changed a little bit, hasn't it? Wouldn't you agree? A yeah. little bit? Uh, I'd say, yeah, a lot of it. I would say that back in February might be considered the good old days, and now we're going to see what this new normal uh, consists of moving forward. Yeah. Wait, you don't think we're going to go back to normal? Uh, I don't. Okay. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so either. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we wanted to talk about, and hopefully our listeners... Um, or people watching can maybe take some good pointers away on what they could even implement in their business today. I mean, because you have a, a, a big team, and I believe the stats, you're at what, 30-some million so far this year? Or am I just wrong completely? I would say <clears throat> you're wrong. I don't think it's that <laughs> much. <laughs> uh, but we, we're, we're on pace to we're on pace to do 200, around 200 sales again. Um, by the end of June, we'll have 101, <laughs> ironically. So we're right on pace for that for that mark. Um, which is incredible. And But you've had closings. Um, well, I mean, your, your, your production last month was three and a half million, close to that, right? Yeah. And, the, and then the month before that, same, around? Uh, I think it was five, 5.2. Okay, we holy had a crap. Big month, yeah. Yeah, that's during the whole thing. Pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and that's kind of why we want to interview you. And especially since uh, you do a lot of the research in this office, being the operations manager as well, letting everybody know what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, yes. Uh, so as the office as a whole, we're doing really well these last few months. Yeah, we we really when this hit mid-March, we were preparing for the worst. We didn't know what to expect if the state would get shut down, if homes if homes would stop selling, we we planned to have one fourth the sales from June to probably October that we had last year, and we were we were projecting our budget based on that. And how could we not make profit, but how could we not lose money based on one fourth the sales? So it was a really big, you know, eye opening moment at that point, and and we just planned for that being m most likely the worst case scenario, and you know, so far. Things have been uh, the the industry adjusted really fast in 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 Milwaukee, but also as a whole. And we did a lot of stuff right away to just keep people safe and to make sure real estate went on. And yeah, so far our agents our agents are more business minded than than most companies, and they are uh, very pride ourselves on being professional. And and so that is what the client needed and wanted right away. They needed an answer. They needed help. They needed the real estate agent to be at that center piece of the value and, and the info. And so our agents really thrived on that and have taken some territory and some market share that they might may not have had without this. So uh, our our office as a whole has had very good months in in March, April, May, and what appears to be June. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's really awesome that we can do that. So, what's I guess what are some of the things that you and your team here, like the the, the leadership team, um, implemented I guess to help 
the agents out to drive them to do what we did in the last few months? Well, I'd say the first the first couple days we it was kind of like a panic mode. We didn't know what to do. You know, is it's like processing stages of grief, and so then, but we knew we had to act really, really fast. So, the Keller Williams International did a great job of. Uh, adapting right away and they did a, a shift call every every day at 7 a.m. and it was a nationally led call uh, there would be thousands of people on this zoom call just right away and just talk through the book shift which you know anytime something like this happens the market's gonna shift and just really get us realigned back to the basics uh, back to an action plan keep our mind right and, and so then we could act. So the whole concept was start the morning with some mindset and then go do your, your lead gen, go, go make care calls, go check on your people. And it was just this mantra week after week. We didn't know there's so much change, so much change, but we just had to really get back to the basics. Because uh, in a hot market, the basics tend to go away. And now it was a necessity. And so we just, we really harped that to to bring our people together and uh, give them something to do, give them one thing to, to focus on. Uh, even before COVID-19, hasn't like Gary Keller kept saying like, there's gonna be a piv- uh, like a shift and we have to pivot or, uh, I don't think we were ex- like thinking it was gonna be something like this, right? What, no. what, what does he think it was gonna be? Well, every seven years or so, in basically in history, the market will go up or down, there'll be some sort of a, a, a shift. And I think it's been about 12 years now where it's, it's one of the longest, if not the longest standing bull markets in, in our history. So just based off of what's happened prior, he, you, know, you would think, well, at some point this is, gonna, this is going to go down. We're going to shift down. And the thing that's been keeping the market so hot is just a lack of inventory. Because the supply and demand, if there's no supply, then everyone's competing over these houses and the prices just keeps going up and up and up. Mm-hmm. And I was looking forward to a more normal market this year versus the last couple of years where you might have 10, 12, 15 offers on a house and people are you know, giving away their firstborn child and, and anything <laughs> to get a house. And that's just not sustainable. So I was right. hoping for some sort more of a normalcy. And this definitely was not what I was hoping for. And uh, Gary was very adamant that through technology and through just the, the basics of uh, economics that we were going to see a, a shift. This just sped it up tr- tremendously. Yeah, I, I think it's crazy. I mean, there was still a lack of inventory before COVID-19. And then when that happened, uh, it seemed to be even less, right? Mm-hmm. Because people were nervous to have people come to the house, see, uh, you know, how are, I guess just having people come through, but um, now that that COVID's kind of happening, we're starting to see more and more listings, right? Yeah, it's funny. We we uh, the the numbers will always tell a story, and and the whole back to the basics conversation. We didn't necessarily need to track numbers prior to this because everything was w- working so well. Well, as of beginning of March, we started tracking five key numbers, and one of them being how many new listings are there. One of them being how many accepted offers. And so just looking at, we track this every week and every month, but just looking at last week, this, this has been a constant trend. So in 2019, last week in this five county area, there was 773 new listings and 579 accepted offers. 
Now this year, in that same time period, there's 654 new listings and 567 accepted offers. And what that means to me is there was, there was over 100 less listings, but there was only eight less accepted offers. So if anything, this has given us uh, even more competitive market mm-hmm. because the de- the demand the supply is down, but the demand didn't decrease. Yeah, because the buyers just they just went full stride. They said, okay, well, what's the plan? How can we keep this safe? And and we went to one only one couple seeing at the house at a time for thirty minute increments, and they would have their their gloves and their masks and their sanitizer and not touch anything. And the sellers would leave all the lights on and all the cabinets open and. And they would just go in and out, and everything starts virtual, uh, 3D tours. And so the buyers just took this in stride. And then once the sellers started realizing homes are selling quickly for a lot of money, then they said, you know, they talked to their friend. Yeah, I just listed my home, and I got 10 offers. And then, really? Are you serious? I didn't think homes were selling. And then we would get a call. Hey, you just listed my friend's house, and they said it sold. We, want, we need to sell. And so then the sellers came after that. Yeah. But I would mm-hmm. say still the demand is so much higher than the supply. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe, I know I keep asking questions. Um, I know you have a couple questions too. I, I'm just curious, what do you think or why do you think there is a real lack of listings? Well, I mean, if, if there's such a benefit for sellers right now to uh, uh, make the most amount of money on their home, how come people aren't, aren't, aren't selling? It's funny because I relate it to the opposite effect of the best time to buy a house is when there's a lot of homes to choose from and the home values are down. However, as humans, we kind of have that herd mentality and we like uh, a lot of buyers want to buy now when the market's actually really hot. And, And so there's so many buyers out there looking to buy. And in the biggest reason I see is that a lot of these buyers have homes to sell. So, there's no homes to sell because the people that want to sell can't find a home to buy. And mm-hmm. so it's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, in order to have quality inventory, we need these people that are selling to find a place to buy, but they can't find a place to buy because there's no quality inventory. Yeah. So really the only people that are doing this are the ones that are willing to live with the in-laws for uh, you know a couple months or rent a place or have some kind of a uh, interim piece because the other big piece of this is if you have a home sale contingency and you need to buy your home, the only way you can buy the home is if you can sell your home, you're not even getting looked at by a seller. Mm-hmm. Because if you have 10 offers and eight of them don't have home sale contingencies and two of them do, well, would you ever look at the two that do? Yeah. And so right. there's that whole piece to that. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. I, we, we have a lot of people that are just waiting as well. We mm-hmm. have signed contracts ready to go, but they can't find a house and they don't want to yeah. do anything. So it's yeah. like, find me a house and then I'll sell mine. <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, Which is, I mean, that's why right. we're doing like for sale by owner previews just to get in the door. And then, um, you know, I, I did one yesterday for like 450000 and I have a buyer for it. And then the nice thing about that is they're not competing with anybody and then they have to sell their property. So I, I think that's a good way for people listening. If you are having that problem, um, just just preview some for sale by owners, and who knows, you might even get a listing out of that. Um, Joel, you had a couple questions for Scott. Yeah, I know we keep bringing up you know, you know technology, this technology, that we're not going back to the old way. We're doing the new way, and I know I think it was like a year ago you 
uh, hosted a, it's, it was called like the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, and even before that, Gary Keller rolled out Command and all that stuff and said, you know, we're going to have this awesome new uh, platform that we're working with right now. And I think both of those kind of went hand in hand into what we're doing now because everything's digital mm-hmm. and we're not leaving that behind. So can you speak on some of that? Yeah, for sure. So this is this we are in the middle of the fourth industrial revolution and we have been for the last couple of years. And so Gary Keller, I would say four years ago, maybe five, started envisioning this and what the future of real estate would look like. And the, the biggest thing about the future of real estate is the consumer is going to demand uh, a digital platform for real estate and not just real estate, but any any industry that there is. So if you think about Amazon and if you looked on all of our Amazon pages, they all look different based on what we bought and what we've searched for. Same with Netflix. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what just Netflix looks like, <laughs> uh, oh Netflix account. And yeah. um, and so we the the consumer is going to demand that for, from a real estate standpoint, from a attorney, from a doctor, from a dentist, any any industry is going to be completely affected by this fourth industrial revolution and this artificial intelligence. And um, and so that was the whole premise, like, let's be the thought leader in real estate and and do this. And so for the past four to five years, just been building this platform to do that for our industry. And the beauty of that is because we've put in all that time before and building this platform, when when COVID hit, it was like, well, we weren't ready but we were light years ahead of, of every of everyone else. Yeah. And even I think locally, you know, all of our files were, were digital. Um, we don't need paper for anything. We are able to DocuSign or, or digitally sign everything. And so that we just took that in stride. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the funny piece is that they just came out with a digital earnest money system pretty much two weeks before COVID hit. And we yeah. were like, well, should we do this? Should we not? And, and we were looking into it. It's like, well, we're doing that. You know, mm-hmm. there's no option. And yeah. and Nightberry, the the title company, they had put, put a policy at the state that would allow for a 100% digital closing. So you could buy yeah. a house, sell a house in your home, at your home. And that was just in this, you know, like whatever the in the red tape of, of the government. Yeah. And uh, within a week of COVID, that got pushed through, and they've had the they had the first all digital closing in the state. Which and is so, awesome. out of necessity, everything that we've been working on that wasn't necessarily a, pri- a, a hey, this is a priority. It just got pushed to that priority. So when I look at the industrial revolution and how technology is and not going back to the way we were out of necessity, we had to adjust and we're realizing, wow, there's, there's a lot of things we can do differently that this is actually better than it used to be. Yeah. And, um, consumers are going to expect 3d virtual tours and, and 360 tours. And there's everyone that does them is looking at how can we improve that technology? How can we make it less clunky? And, uh, and you know, now it's when you're going on an appointment, it's, well, do you want to do it digitally or do you want to do it in person? Mm-hmm. Because you can do a lot digitally and get it done and, and get it quick. And there's still there's still extreme value in the face to face and the personal. But how can it be? How can we be digitally based and physically enhanced? Because yeah. I don't think a physically based business is going to last. And I don't think all all digital that has its downfall. I think we need to be uh, digitally based, virtually based, and physically enhanced. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the real estate market is going to look like 
next year and maybe the year after that? I mean, are we still having a lack of listings? Are we? Do you think the it's going to shift where maybe it's evening out or just flip completely? Yeah, it's. I would say it's so like right now it's so unknown based on um, how how COVID still has an effect on what's happening and so if if things were to spike and peak and people are not working as much and more people are unemployed then it's going to have a big effect on the real estate market because people are going to not be able to afford their homes and you know i wouldn't i I don't think there's going to be the mass uh foreclosure short sale market but the forbearance market is could be could be big and so now you start playing on how that would look like um, could be a real possibility. And on the flip side, a real possibility could be we continue this the way it is because interest rates are at 2.75 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the buyers, there's a lot of willing buyers, but they, you know, I heard one house just had a 28 offers on it. Like, so you have a one out of 28 chance of, of winning. And if you don't have cash or waiving things you shouldn't waive like inspection and appraisal you're not really competing in that scenario so right. until these buyers can find homes it's going to continue to put a down a downward pressure on on uh like that whole supply demand theory and it's going to keep the market super hot so it could continue like this for the next year um, but we really have to watch what coronavirus does and how the economy is and the unemployment because that could have a really you know quick disastrous effect on the market if it gets worse yeah lane was even saying or one of our mortgage officers was saying that they they closed on a property and then the coronavirus hit and then didn't even make their first month mortgage payment Mm -hmm. which was crazy yeah you know that's something where to to, uh to think about um well i guess one last question if unless you have any others jeff is just like what was your biggest takeaway from everything that just happened in the last couple months? And what can you tell people moving forward on, I guess, how to continue their business with that same mindset? I mean, we were on the Zoom calls at 7, and then we had a market one at 9. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, leading those with, you know, words of wisdom, and we were script practicing, and we were doing it. like are the, And we're still continuing to do that now, even though we're open and can be physically based more in the office. But... I mean, what what can you tell the listeners or people that are going to listen to this? Like, what would you continue to do? What would you take away? What like what things are you adding to your schedule? What are you taking away, and what are you keeping the same? Mm-hmm. Like personally, we want to grow the business and and continue to do so. And right. Yeah, there there has been such uh, and I saw your quote outside your door, gift of the shift, and and so I think that the gift of this shift or this coronavirus, the silver lining around real estate is how much it it forced us to get back to the basics and the fundamentals. And the number one thing was, what are you spending money on? Like, let's look at what you're spending money on and do you actually need all that? And so it was budget, it was budget big time and it was no longer, I should do this one day. It was, I need to do this today or I might go out of business. I mean, it was an absolute necessity. So Mm -hmm. the great thing about going through that fear or that experience, if, if anyone was in the business in 07, 08 and saw that first, they're the, they're the smartest ones with their money because they had that pain, uh, in the first shift and they're, I'm never going through that again. And so now we are able to have that pain without it being 
um, negatively affected yet. And so, but I did learn a ton. And, and to your point, Joe, the, we've been trying to do this, start off the day in our office with script practice and role play and, and lead gen for years. And now because of this, it was, it, it was like, oh, we, we could have done this a year ago, mm-hmm. but we didn't think of it that way. Way easier. So the, the number one thing that we can do to continue is nine o'clock, work on your mindset, 9.15, get some scripts. We're gonna break into Zoom rooms based on, a, based on topic, who you wanna call that day. And then 9.30 to 10.30, do lead gen. And lead gen doesn't have to be calling people. It could be working on your social media or writing handwritten notes or doing your mailers. What can you do for an hour to move your business forward mm-hmm. consistently? Right. And if you start your day off that way every day, you're not, you're, you're not gonna fail, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. So real estate agents tend to be more reactive than proactive and, and take what comes to them. Well, imagine a, an office of 150 to 200 that that can do this and just mm-hmm. constantly move that ball forward and i love the whole just doing you know going back to that basics and being more professional and tracking your numbers and being what the consumer really wants you to be is a a professional trusted advisor for life so i i really think that for the business-minded realtor that's looking to do this um this was a great kick to the butt and it's like let's now now we have this new normal and and we can we can really take off yeah i mean and i was on a lot of those calls and you could see the the wide range of emotions and what people were going through and they were like some of them were like oh we're gonna batten down the hatchets and we're making phone calls and i know jeff and i were like you know we're gonna continue normal but we're just gonna add time and do it more because other people are dropping out and not doing it mm-hmm. and there are some people in our office who were like we don't know what to do or you know like they were just running around screaming in an office and nobody had any idea and we be able to be it together it was like you know you saw the progression of that same agent and at the end they were like, oh, yeah, I've just listed four homes and my buyers are out there. And they were like blowing it up. And you're like, wow, like we impacted that person by being on those calls every day. And it was easier for the office. I mean, we had people walking their dogs and they were, you know, tuning into the Zoom call just so they could hear what we were all saying. Yeah. So it's way easier to get everybody together that way. And I like that we're use- still using that technology to do so instead of, oh, you have to be physically based in here, up front at the office, and we're all going to do scripts together. And it was like, well, it's way easier just to tune in on my computer because yeah. my kids are at home from school or I, you know, I have an appointment and I needed a run where I can still listen. So it was really neat. Yeah, I think I, I agree. And then every, so we were doing our trainings on Facebook Live before this, and we'd get 40, 50 people in the room and then 20 or so watching Facebook Live. And now that's just a necessity that you know, moving forward on every yeah. training, mm-hmm. we can do it. I did our first training yesterday in office. Uh, we had eight people. It was, a, it was an all day training and uh, we have a big training room, so it worked out, but it felt so good to be back in front of people and mm-hmm. reading on their, their facial expressions and picking up on their energy. And I also had the option of Zoom. So someone watched it from their home and and so that's just uh, that's the the new norm, you know. How can we make yeah. the best of both worlds? Right. Anything else, Jeff? Hey, I think that was great. Um, any last thing you want to give somebody that could do one thing right now, like uh, one thing? The one thing is, you know, we have you have to think of this like a business, and the you know you really look at what ways are you going to proactively generate leads? What are your three levers of lead generation? Your guys' is is way different than mine. You guys are due FISBO's expired. 
I never touched them. It, that's okay. We can both be successful. Yep. But if you don't have these three ways and then you're proactively, you know, moving the ball forward, even if it's a half hour, hour a day, like you have to take the time to, to work that, to make the plan and work the plan. And it's then real estate becomes really easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're getting in the way of, of leads. So how can you put yourself in the way of motivated buyers and sellers? And there's a million ways to do it. I mean, you can, you just, the sky's the limit, whether, and we have all those different sources and people that are focusing on that, that we can connect you to. And it's just like, you got to have the mindset, the confidence and whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. And then, and then those are the people that succeed. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's the lead generating. That's what, 80% of your business, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, it's 20% of your business. How does that quote go? I can't even think of it. What is it? 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> 80, 80% of your business comes from 20% of the Thank production. You. Thank or, you. you know, I appreciate of your, that. Of your, of your results. Results, yes. yeah. Actions. All right, guys. Well, well, thank you very much, Scott, for coming on. Uh, maybe we'll have you again. Uh, Ooh, I, I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had you sitting because to, if you were standing, you just wouldn't be... Uh, very close to the we mic because you're so tall. Well, we wouldn't be able to be on the same screen either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dual right. monitors. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in again, wherever you're watching this um, or listening. Make sure you subscribe so you get new stuff, right? Uh, share it with somebody who you think needs to hear it. And we hope that we impacted your day in a positive way. Thanks, everybody.